0: Welcome, everyone, to part two of Baseball America's annual Field at 64 College Baseball Podcast. I'm John Manuel, along with Mike Lananna and Jim We're brought to you by Louisville Slugger. Check them out on Instagram and on Twitter, at SluggerNation. And guys, we're halfway through, we're halfway home with this podcast. Let's start with the right side of the bracket as I look at my bracket. Starting with LSU, the number two overall national seat, first of all, uh, Jim, you had the the Tigers one on your national seed list. It doesn't seem like there's a big a big difference in one or two. No. I, 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 do you think LSU would have been the one had they won the SEC tournament? It feels like their strength of schedule was a lot lower than UCLA. It felt like they kind of had to win the SEC tournament. Yeah, so I mean, they they won.
1: I mean the fact that UCLA lost its last series to uh, Oregon, whereas LSU, I mean they did win. They did go two and one in the uh, SEC tournament, and they still. Obviously, i would tell you that UCLA was ahead going into it, and. You know, doing what they did, um, doing what LSU doing what it did wasn't enough to overcome. Um, you know, the Bruins losing a series, so obviously so they must have been solidly ahead. So I mean, it's not a, it's not that big a deal. I, one versus two, to, to me, I mean, it's they're as long as you're in the top eight, that's really what matters. And uh, the Bruins, I mean, you certainly can argue for the Bruins. They're regular season champs of a very good league in the Pac-12. They only lose the one series all year. They, you know, other than the, the Dodger Town kind of a little right. disaster for them there, but. uh yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's fine either way.
0: Big deal in this regional for me is, uh, A, Lehigh is one of two teams in the entire field with a losing record, other being Sacred Heart. Number two, pretty auspicious beginning to the David Pierce regime in Tulane. Rick Jones obviously had a great run there. Uh, Post-Katrina, after going to College World Series in 2002-2005, he had the post-Katrina fallout. Coach uh, Jones lost a lot of talented assistant coaches there over the years. Whether it was Mark Kingston, Jim Schlossnagel, both head coaches who are in this field. Um, once he lost his assistant coaches, he had a harder time. And then the transfer rule, to be quite frank, it was a big dish issue for uh, for Tulane. Coach Jones unable to kind of overcome those that changing landscape. And uh, But Tulane goes out and gets David Pierce. And guys, uh, great start for him there. Again, not an offensive ball club at Tulane, but they can really pitch. Um, yeah, really, yeah. how much of a threat is Tulane? How lame is it that every time Tulane gets in a regional, unless they host, they're going to Baton Rouge, no matter what? It feels like it's yeah. kind
1: of lame. Yeah, that's that's definitely a disadvantage being where uh, being in in Louisiana. I mean, uh, I mean, I think Tulane's a I, they're not dangerous enough to win the regional, but they can they can give LSU a run at least in one game. I mean, they said so they I mean, they've got a they're kind of a grindy. You know, stick to a team. I don't think they would be um, cowed by playing there. Obviously, they play LSU every year, so it's not going to be a something they would be cowed by. And I, I mean, I think they've, they've, you know, they've and they've got a, kind of a centerpiece of their own and there with Stephen Alame, their shortstop. I mean, he's he's kind of you know we like we've kind of said you know Alex Bregman's kind of the the quarterback of LSU. Alame is kind of that to uh, to to Lane. So yeah. and they so they they can. Can make some noise there. I don't think they're going to win it, but they can. They can make some noise. And, then, and
0: Alex Massey is also like an ace for Tulane. Gives mm-hmm. them a very dependable starter. And mid, when they play LSU, it's mostly midweek. Uh, they're going to throw. If they play LSU, they're going to throw the, throw the book at them. And UNC Wilmington has been, has gone to Baton Rouge in the past, and it's a kind of a funky team too. This is an interesting matchup with these two teams, where Tulane's really built around starting pitching, and UNC Wilmington built around the bullpen.
2: Right, right, and the and the one thing I'll say about Tulane, just backtracking a little bit, is they're a very young team too. You look at the lineup; it, it's mainly sophomores in that lineup, so that bodes well for them in the future. Just how far they've been able to get this year, with you know, under new head coaching, to be able to get to this regional, you know, that really does bode well for them. But yeah, you're right with the UNCW; it, it is more reliant on bullpen than it is on its starting rotation, and it's really. I mean, you look at the numbers, and they aren't very pretty for for the UNCW pitching staff. I mean, it's a four point four three uh, team ERA and uh, really don't have that go-to ace starter that they can throw out there. It's really going to be a, a Johnny Holstaff kind of effort, I, I would I would imagine, out of them. They do have some veteran bats in their lineup. Um, but uh, not
0: Matt Bats.
2: Not Matt Bats anymore. Former BA intern. Same yeah. year I was an intern here. Uh, now in the Twins organization. Go Matt that In dealing.
0: Football. Our all time favorite, Omaha. <laughs> There's no doubt about
2: that. Yeah. So, I mean, I you know, UNCW is an interesting team. Uh, you know, it's a team that's that's flirted with our top 25 of points this year. Um, has had a quality year and, and, and does have some veterans in the lineup. You know, Corey Dick is a senior in that lineup who's had a nice year and, and have other veterans as well. But I, th- this is definitely LSU's regional. You know, I think LSU's. The clear favorite here, and I, I can't really imagine a scenario where the Tigers lose.
0: Yeah, to me, the only way... yeah Wilmington's a team built around its bullpen. Jordan Ramsey, uh, Jared Giselle, some power arms, um, and it's a deep bullpen. That's how Wilmington wins its, wins its games. So they don't win it with starting. Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely like Stephen Linkus, uh, they've got some speed there. I was impressed that Wilmington got a two-seed, Jim. I didn't mm-hmm. think they'd get a two-seed. I, I mean, did. their RPI is a two-seed to yeah. RPI, but Felt like most of their better opponents, they lost to during the year.
1: It did, yeah. I mean, that probably was just a, a straight RPI pick, giving them a two. I mean, they didn't uh, you know, when they played good teams. They get swept by Florida State. They got swept by Charleston when they played during the season. Um, right. And they did beat them in the con- twice in the conference tournament, so That's to their to their credit, but that's really their best uh, best thing they've done. I, I think they. I think they went 0-2 against North Carolina in midweek games. I don't remember I if believe they beat... I so. they, they went 0-3 at
0: they, Florida uh, State. But they do did, they did have a series win against Maryland. Mm-hmm. Now, That's a good I one. I think UNC Wilmington's a little more dangerous
1: than the I think if say. they can... Yeah, I mean, if they can... They can hit. So, if they can get a lead in the 6th, 7th inning, they've gotten that bullpen can... You know, they would be in, in good shape. But I think um, I mean their starting is a big problem. And just with the... I mean, they haven't... You know, I don't think they've seen any arms as good as Alex Lang other than maybe they would have... Face Mike Schworn with uh, Maryland. Other than that, I mean, and Bailey and um, Taylor Clark for Charleston. But right, uh, right. So.
0: this is LSU's regional to win We yeah. all agree that this is a yeah. uh, this shapes up favorably for the Bayou Bengals. And uh, I don't know why I keep calling them that. It shapes up very favorably for LSU. Um, I, I'm excited about their team. Just they play with such energy. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're really just compelling to watch. And it's just going to be a fascinating experiment. To see if Paul Maneri can guide this extremely young pitching staff from start to finish, because yeah. that was the question coming into the year. They've answered it for 58 games. Mm-hmm. That's not what LSU's about. Mm-hmm. When you're at a, when you're at a school with six national championships, and you know, you're not measured by regular seasons, and it's, it's
2: not. and and they've been tested these last few few weeks as well. They really don't have a right now. They don't have a set closer. It's it's been ki- by committee at this point. It, it looks like. Uh, Bug might be the guy there. Uh, Zach Pearson's done done well for them, a senior lefty in that pen, but they don't really have a dominant you know, 95, 96 closer that they can turn to. Jesse Stallings, a freshman, was kind of that guy at one point, but he's slipped a bit. Lately, so it's going to be interesting to see how they how they maneuver those pieces there at the back end of the bullpen. And you know, Austin Bain they they slid into the weekend rotation in place of Jay Godfrey, and he's been up and down. Yeah, he looked he looked good in Columbia against South Carolina through a great start, but he didn't look quite as good in the SEC tournament. So
0: they're still standing by him. Like there's a third guy in with Pochet and Lane. Right. So LSU uh, has, uh, and again, that's uh, it's just fascinating to watch this team. When the last few years, you you look at Omaha and Vanderbilt experienced and power arms last year. You know most a couple sophomores like Fulmer, uh, but really it was more veteran guys uh, on the mound for them, especially in the bullpen. And then uh, Arizona and UCLA the previous two years, a lot of juniors, the Connor Wades and the Vander Ties and the Plutkos, uh Obviously Michael Roth, uh, his first time through was a sophomore, but other two years, junior and senior with tons of experience. You know, South Carolina definitely relied on more experienced pitchers. Even Matt Price was older. He was a redshirt freshman, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. So, usually not teenage pitchers who lead you to College World Series championships. At least not of late, LSU tried to buck that trend. You know,
1: the thing about LSU, it just, strikes me that they're, it just strikes me as a team that's on a mission. I mean, yeah. They, yeah. T- they got upset by Houston last year at home. They're going to, Just ever since you, Mike, you did that feature on Alex Bregman in the preseason, just kind of. The impressions that you know, kind of from your quotes from him and all that stuff, it sounds like they're now uh, yeah, that team's on a mission. They're not going to. They don't. They are going like to get Omaha. They the whole play year. like
0: it. They are just uh, th- their energy is unsurpassed. For me, you watch other teams. Uh, just I haven't seen them all like you guys have, but I don't see anybody else who plays with that fire yeah. and that energy constantly. Like LSU, they bring effort every game.
2: I'll, I'll say this, they were the loudest team in the, in the tunnels as we're doing press conferences in between games, screaming and yelling, you know, things I can't quote here in this podcast you know, there's definitely that fire there and having some conversations with the Bregman too, I mean there's definitely a lot of confidence around this program a lot of determination to get back and win a national title, so the, I would agree with, with those statements that they are very hungry
0: Pretty interesting, pretty interesting ball club to watch. Fun ball club to watch. Um, now, last year their, their uh, Bet Noir was Houston.
1: Yes, that's a perfect segue.
0: And then Houston is now very,
1: very juicy super regional potential. It could
0: be. It really could be. And it's a juicy regional. Three, uh, three clubs from the city of Houston, which is underwater right now, basically. They had a ton of flooding last night. In fact, at the NBA Western Conference Finals game, fans were asked not to leave the Toyota Center because it was raining so hard and the highways were so flooded. So um, see see what happens there weather-wise going into this weekend. That's a little sidebar to watch going forward. But Houston Cougars, number one seed American Conference regular season champs. Certainly not the road we thought they would take to get there, no. but they got there. R- Crosstown rival Rice... Second seed, Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cages. They used to have a big rivalry with Rice. In the postseason, uh, beat them in a super regional there, I believe it was. Uh, beat them in a regional, I should say, in 2000, I believe, on their way to the College World Series. And then uh, Houston Baptist, the four seed, first time ever uh, representative of the Southland Conference. So, guys, uh, this shaped up, Mike. Yesterday in the in the video on the BA today, you were kind of high on on the Rice Owls. Uh, pitching depth being the main reason why. But I got to tell you, Rice just seems like it lacks a little something these days to the Rice teams of old. There's just not a great amount of uh, star power there. And this team, 13-12 and against the top 100 this year, just feels like Rice is a fairly ordinary club outside of its pitching depth. Is that fair? Right. I I
2: think that's fair, yeah. I, I do. But, you know, I do think that this regional... I mean Houston's obviously played well but it's been uh, it's been a tough year for them especially with all the injuries that they've had pitching wise and I think I mean I think Houston is more than likely the favorite here but I do think that Rice could possibly upset them just with you know the pitching depth that they do have and having Jordan Stevens and Blake Fox and Kevin McCann who've had a, a great year and, and you know you can't you know, they do have some guys offensively that have had nice years. You look at the lineup and they've hit a lot better than I think people expected them to. Yeah. Uh, especially, I mean, John Clay Reeves has had a great senior year. Um, Leon Bird's been down. Uh, I know a lot of people were expecting big things out of him this year, including Wayne Graham. He was really excited by what he saw out of him in the fall, and he's been down. But other than that, I mean, Kirby Taylor's been great. Ryan Chandler, a freshman, has been has been very good for them at the top of the order. So, I, I do think they're a talented team. I, I think they've underachieved this year, but I do think they're still a dangerous club.
0: And it's a very contact-oriented offense. Right. How does that play as a team, Jim, like Houston, where it feels like this is not the pitching staff, certainly not the pitching staff they thought they were going to have, but Lantrip to a lesser extent, Weigel, some of those mm. guys have really come through for them after the injury to Jake LeMoyne.
1: Exactly. I mean, Lantrip's had a, a great year. I mean, he was... He's kind of the the third guy in the preseason. We thought, you know, Aaron Garza and uh, um, what's the uh, yeah, well, Jake Lemoyne. Lemoyne. Le- 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 Le I can't. Believe I blanked on his name, but <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, we thought those two. Those was going to be the, the guys. And trip was I mean, he was good. We kind of figured he'd be, you know, it's a good number three guy. But he really he really started coming on in the fall, and then he just kind of really just carried that momentum into the spring. And when those other two and Garza's been hurt, Lemoyne's been Garza struggled, and I uh, should say, and you know, Lemoyne's um, Le been hurt. trips really. Stabilized that team, even even when they were down at the start yeah. of the year. He was pitching well every week, and now they've kind of found some other answers there with uh, Kyle Dowdy, the junior college transfer. Uh, Seth Romero is a freshman lefty they really like. Who's? Seth Romero he's, uh, he's he's
0: he's been money for them. Yeah, guys, exactly.
1: He? He's out of the bullpen and starting. I mean, he's two one five ERA. He's been really good. So I mean, they've they've found some answers, which is. To their credit, to that pit, to that coaching staff's credit especially, and big shock, Frank mm, Anderson figured yeah, things out exactly. well, for their
0: guys on the mound, and big shock, big shock that Trip Couch has figured out. Yeah, mm-hmm. they had enough depth for the, the kind of injuries they sustained this yeah. year would fell much lesser teams and staffs. I mean, Todd Whiting does a great job there as a head coach. We talked about assistant coaches like Savage and Corbin and O'Sullivan, who were great recruiters who become great head coaches and still work it. Throw Jim Schlossing at TCU and Todd Whiting at uh, at uh, Houston on that pile. Those two guys are great head coaches in part because they still do the hard work they did as assistant coaches, but they really work it. Um, and this is not a significantly offensive team, Jim, but yeah. they feel like they're a little more offensive than Rice's.
1: Yeah, I agree. And they do have a little more power, a little more yeah, they do have. The, I mean, they have a weapon right there with Chris Irriart, 14 home runs, and they got some other, I mean, you know Corey Jolks, Jasper Dallas. Those guys are capable hitters. Jacob Campbell's another an older guy who's really come on uh, late in his career here. Kyle Servants is an established guy, so they've got a little bit of depth. I mean, it's not a fearsome offense by any means, but it's 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 good enough that, that with the way their pitching has come together that I you know they're I mean I'll pick them to win this regional. I they're, they're a, a, I won't say they're prohibitive favorite, but they're the favorite. Now
0: speaking of consistent college coaches, like. Wayne Graham, whose team all they do is win conference championships. They won the regular season this year, not a tournament. Um, but you know, we talked about Todd Whiting and the Giant, and Frank Anderson. The and no surprise there. Tony Robichaux. This is what Louisiana Lafayette does. Took him to Omaha in 2000. They got within a whisker of it last year. Lost that super regional at home to Ole Miss. That was a hell of a super regional. Uh, this team, obviously, a lot of lot of change with this raging Cajuns club. But Blake Traha gives them a leader. Uh, Fun guy to watch, um, and a lot of other things have not gone as they thought they would. You know, Greg Millhorn hasn't been kind of the stabilizing force, kind of been in and out of the rotation. But yet, Tony Robichaux and his staff just keep on plugging in answers, mm-hmm. plugging in guys. Uh, I'm not sure what you guys think of of the Raging Cages. We haven't talked about that much this year. It feels like this is a team that's always gonna, just always competitive. And they found a guy at LSU Eunice this year. Um, and Stefan Troskler, just another classic Cajun name. Sure Pronounced <laughs> yeah. But sixteen bombs for this guy. I mean, as usual, it's a physical club.
1: hmm Yeah, I mean, I think they're. I mean, they're they're not as good as they were last year. Obviously, with all the turnover they had, but they're they're still a dangerous team, and they still got some some young talent there. Like you guys are mentioning, they still got Trahan or Trahan, whichever whichever yeah, one, one you want to go Trahan. whatever you want to call it, whichever alias he goes by. But. Mm-hmm,
0: uh Trahan. <laughs> Sorry, I did <laughs> it.
1: You know, he's kind of another guy who's the, you know, real stabilizing force for that team. So I mean, they're, I mean, they, it wouldn't shock me if they, if they beat Rice or if they win a couple games here. I mean, they, and obviously they they got on a, a little run there. They won their conference tournament. so you expect they're feeling good. Rice went two and Q in the CUSA tournament. So Unusual. at least they'll, they'll be rested. You can give them that. But Lafayette, uh,
0: Lafayette won a series on mm-hmm. Alabama during the year. They won two out of three against another regional team, in uh, Stony Brook. You want to go transitive property. They beat Arkansas State 2 out of 3, which, of course, beat Louisville. So, but anyway, that's all it is to that. Um,
2: I, don't, I don't believe in the transitive property. I don't, I don't either. I don't um, believe in math.
0: I really don't. But, well. I'm just kidding. So, I, I don't believe in the transitive property. But not when it comes to baseball. Um, it doesn't work. No. But uh, lost the first game in the Sun Belt tournament and then rallied to win their way back into regional play. That always impresses me uh, about a team that, that has that kind of toughness I've always thought of Louisiana Lafayette as a tough uh, program. So, I'm I, I, to me, this is still Houston's regional to win. I, I, yeah. I favor them. Uh, Jim, I don't know how you feel, and Mike, uh, make your picks.
1: Well, I've got the Cougs.
2: I'll, I'll pick Houston.
0: You're picking Houston? You All just picked right. Rice yesterday.
2: I said that they'd have a, the best opportunity to upset, but I think Houston's okay. still going to hold on.
0: All right. Those, those are not mutually exclusive. I follow. Yeah. Let's go to College Station. This SEC country. Who knew? Uh, but Texas A&M certainly has made itself at home in the SEC. And the Aggies will try to gig Coastal Carolina, <laughs> Cal, and Texas Southern this weekend. This feels like an unnecessarily difficult regional that Texas A&M drew. Considering they were in the top ten pretty much all year, I, I feel like, Jim, they got punished for a not a less than stellar finish of the season and a definitely less than stellar non-conference schedule exactly. that's why they're not a top eight national season that's why they got a tough I think they got a tough draw
1: they did and I think that was I think when I was writing a post yesterday kind of looking into the the uh, committee's moves I, I can't remember if I mentioned it or not but I feel like the one of the the other separators that you could throw in there about TCU and uh, A&M was their non-conference schedules I mean A&M's other than they they went to the tournament in Houston where I saw them but other than that their non-conference schedule is pretty terrible <laughs> I mean, yeah. they do play some of these other, you know, the other good Texas teams in the in midweek games and stuff like that. So that kind of helps it a little bit. But those first three weeks, that are playing Dartmouth or Holy Cross, whatever it was. I mean, not that's, even the good Ivy League teams. Yeah, exactly. Dar-
0: Dartmouth is good, but not even Columbia.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I mean, that's that that probably hurt them. I mean, the committee cares about your how much you're trying to schedule. I mean, playing and they played all these home games and thirty-six so games. So that that probably hurt them and. When they kind of and they slipped late, that was the other issue for them not getting a national seed. Was they, I guess, what was it? they went one three and one in their last five series, as I recall. And they did, I mean, they did okay in, in Hoover, but that was probably what it was. Kind of that combination of the the late struggles and the weak non con that yep. hurt them.
0: And it was late struggles without facing great teams. Yeah, they lost a series at LSU two out of three. Of that had a lot of hype, big series, fun series to watch. But then they, you know, sweep Tennessee, but then lose a home to South Carolina. Mike, how did they look to you, uh, to your uh, untrained but uh, up, up-and-coming <laughs> eye? What did you, you think of the Aggies?
2: Yeah, I mean, I they definitely did some things that, that were... You know, they definitely did some positive things. I mean, Matt Kent looked really great in shutting down Vanderbilt. You know, he pitched a complete game gem against them, and so that's pretty huge. I mean, they've been trying to figure out that rotation all year just with all the injuries right. that they've had. And so if they can have him pitching that well, that's pretty big for them. You know, behind Grayson Long, who has been outstanding for them as a, as a sophomore. Um, they do have Tyler Stubblefield back throwing again. He threw out of the pen, which if, if he can pitch to his capabilities is a promising development for them. You know they they do have. Cause they, if
0: they do that, they could up here, kind of put right. Rick, Rick, Hendricks back in a yeah. relief role. And all I mean, and I, they seem like they've they've shuffled around some guys' roles here late.
2: Yeah, I mean they they threw Hendricks out of the bullpen in Hoover, and he was electric. He looked very good. Um, you know, hitting mid, hitting the mid nineties, just a filthy breaking ball. He threw a couple innings, and and they ended up pulling him. And they probably shouldn't have pulled him. They probably should have let him finish the game. But no harm, no foul. And uh, you know, but but behind those two guys, behind Grayson Long and Matt Kent, you know that there are some weaknesses there in that pen. I mean, they got smacked around by by Vanderbilt, yeah. you know, twelve three. Just they just tore through that bullpen, so you know there's a little concern there. But they do have Hendricks, they do have uh, Vincent, who is generally steady, who's generally been good for them this year. And you know they do have some nice bats in that lineup too. Logan Taylor is a, is a great player, um, a great defensively as well in the outfield. Made a made a great throw from left field, uh, gunning down a runner at home in a key moment against Alabama. And, athletic, yeah.
0: energetic team up the yeah. middle, not as athletic on the corners. Because they could be had a little bit on the corner but up the middle it feels like Texas A&M is a pretty solid ball club and and a deep lineup as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean the, and they crushed uh they crushed Carson Fulmer. and There's something to be said to that. that there there is something to be said to that. So that they crushed him and they and they actually I mean they hit Walker Bueller very well as well. So it was a good approach against them and you know, it it's it's a dangerous club. That there's no question and and I think you know, I think Texas A&M fans could could be left wondering why they didn't earn a national seed. You know, I, th- I think there's an argument there that they that they could have. The um, same with Vanderbilt, and I think both of those SEC teams. I- I'm a little surprised SEC didn't grab three national seeds, but I
0: think we assumed that was going to happen all year. No yeah, it didn't. It really, it kind of was surprising.
2: Yeah, I thought at least one of those two teams,
0: especially when TCU went 0-2 in the Big 12 yeah. Yeah, tournament, I kind of thought that was going to happen. Um, how about the rest of this regional, though? Jim, I know you've seen a lot of Coastal Carolina, and we've all seen Cal, uh, Texas Southern, winner of the uh, you know, usually a team that runs a lot, steals a lot of bags. Um, don't feel like they're a threat in this regional. But Cal and Coastal Carolina, I feel like, are threats.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'll tell you what, I am very tempted to pick Coastal here. Do it. I think if they – see, the problem is – for 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 my, as I'm gonna talk myself through here. Is that do it. a&M? They don't need to throw long or any of these other. They can throw anybody against Texas Southern. So they can save Grayson Long for Saturday. I'm thinking here if Coastal can beat Dalton Jeffries on Friday. I assume you know. You assume Cal's gonna throw Jeffries that game. I feel like if they can, I want to say if Coastal can do that, then they can win. But I don't know. I mean, they're gonna get Grayson Long. I just don't know I mean I like Coastal's offense that's a it is a very they take their they don't get cheated up there. Yeah. <laughs> they are a fi- they are a punishing physical team they can steal some bases they can run they got a few guys that can run too Anthony Marks at the top of that lineup's a real uh, spark plug there but and Michael Paez too is another guy who's got to, they got 19 steals but so I really like their offense I mean I'm not, I'm not that familiar I'm trying to look up how, how um, A&M's Park plays I don't can't remember off the top of my head I don't if it's a. Uh, park factor in front but if I can find it yeah. here,
0: I will
1: throw yeah, in it in here. It Go is. Ahead. Yeah, it looks like it is. It is. It's one of the park factors. It looks like it is fairly offensive. So, um, I mean, if that if it is a park that's suited to coastal style, then I. Do I mean, it. will What the hell? <laughs> I'll take the chance. They can. They can do it. They can. If they beat Jeffries, I mean, it's tough. If Jeffries and Long—that's a tough path to get through to get to uh, if you're going to start 2-0. But, I mean, they they might could slug their way through a loser's bracket, too. I don't know if they have enough pitching, but...
0: You're a believer. Uh, you're, I can, you're definitely I can believer see them do it. I will say about Texas Southern, I'm going to throw this in there. Um, they do lead the nation in stolen bases per game. This is not new. Texas Southern is kind of in their M.O. Uh, their senior, Jerry Ford, has been a three-year starter. Uh, every year, this guy steals 20 to 30 bags. Every year he gets on base. Yeah, every year it's around 320. Um, so you know, there's something there for Texas Southern. If they can get some guys on base and get their offense started with some stolen bases, get, get that merry-go-round going a little bit. How's Texas a them m stopping the run game? Uh, uh, Mike, I don't know who, who uh, you yeah, know, how they do. I know Mitch yeah. is listed as a catcher, I know every time I watch him, he's de-aging. Um, Bearish, I guess, the junior college transfer from Florida. Yeah. Is their uh, catcher And just looking at the numbers Looks like Michael Barish Catches great Or he catches acceptably And his catch and throw Is more catch than throw Is that yeah. fair? I mean he's been out 15 of 49 guys this year
2: Yeah I mean They weren't really From from what I've seen They weren't really tested All that much In the SEC tournament So And yeah, LSU
0: runs on everybody Yeah and They run hard aggressively on everybody So yeah. it feels like You have to keep Texas Southern off the bases Once they do get on the bases that can make things challenging Um Cal, meanwhile, is more of a power approach. I know Coastal's an aggressive offensive mm-hmm. team, Jim. Uh, we'll see how that matches up. Barish is not there for his bat. Four extra base hits no. for the for the Aggies. Cal, Cal's Cow- Cow- dangerous right. too. Yeah. They, they bash, don't they? Oh
1: yeah. I mean we've we've talked about Cal all year. I mean they're they're dangerous too. I mean you get you know if Jeff you get Jeffries and and you know Matt Late Ladreck from I mean, then, that's, a, that's a good one, too, in your rotation. I mean, Mason's, Mason's either. good, either. too. I Brian mean, Mason's yeah.
0: a good senior sinker baller guy. So, uh, and
1: Urseg, Paul, Aaron Knapp, all those guys, I mean, they are they are dangerous. Yeah, I mean, it
0: feels like Cal, A, could have been a two seed.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought they I thought they were going to be.
0: So this is a strong regional. Yeah. And B, uh, you know, Cal is two or three wins away, like here or there, a couple series mm-hmm. here or there. For being a one seed in the host, yeah, I mean that, yeah. So I, I feel like A and M got a bad draw. They really did. <laughs> and I, I'm picking them to win this the regional because right. I believe in them. I think that Rob Childress is on the short list of coach of the year candidates. Uh, very short list. Um, but t- so I'm picking them to win. But this is a tough regional, and they got a tougher draw than they deserved. I think
2: so. Yeah, I would. I would agree with that. But I would also go with Texas A and M.
0: But Jimmer, you are going off I'll, the off I'll the board. I'll
2: take a chance. Yeah. He's we, more convicted than I was with Rice. That's good. We
0: need we need to have some uh, some upset picks. So yeah, uh, I like I like that one because I think that's a wide open regional, completely yeah. wide open. Let's go to Fort Worth, which I feel is less of a wide open regional, with Sacred Heart <laughs> at twenty three and thirty, and Stony Brook, which is not the twenty twelve Stony Brook team, but still a good Stony Brook team. That mm. sink still coaching them thirty four fourteen. NC State thirty four and twenty one. TCU the one seed at forty three and eleven. TCU is my national championship pick. I said that in the video, I'm sticking with it. Yeah. I feel like TCU got a very favorable national seed that they get mm. to host regional and supers. I think they're gonna take care of business this weekend. I feel like if they were on a neutral field with NC State, NC State's a very confident team mm. with some physicality offensively. I feel like NC State would have had a little bit better chance if we were less power-deficient ballpark. The perfect park factor, Lupton Stadium at TCU, it's sort one of the most pitcher-happy ballparks in the country. TCU is perfectly built for their ballpark, and they're well-built for T-Dapo. That's why I'm picking them. That and Jim Slausenagel and his staff. Kirk Sarlos. These guys know what they're doing. Um, really feel like T- this is TCU's regional, and I don't feel like they're going to be sorely tested, except for maybe by the Wolfpack. Uh, convince me- tell me I'm wrong, Jim. Tell me I'm wrong, Mike. Who... So the TCU's a, a prohibitive favorite
2: yeah you're not wrong. I, I think TCU is I, I think TCU's going to Omaha. I, I, I don't know if they win the national title I, I think they could certainly contend for it and go deep in, into the College World Series. Um, but yeah I, I don't see a scenario where I mean North Carolina State's obviously very hot fin- finish the season on a tear they have a great lineup uh, you know Logan Ratliff at the top and really they can hit the ball really well but I question their, their pitching. You know, Corey Wilder. Yes. Who knows what you're going to get out of him? And I think re-
0: he's probably going to be like not used unless they're going to use right. Wilder a uh, breaking case of glass kind of use. Right,
2: now. right, right. Yeah, it's just you know it, it's tough. They're going to be very reliant on uh, mixing and matching out of their pen, and you know you get the wrong guy, you get a big inning, and and that that's it. And, I mean, TCU is not an explosive offense, but they they know what their style is. They stay within themselves. That they play to that style very well, and. You know, going up against guys like Alex Young and Preston Morrison and and Mitch Traver. I mean, they have they have four excellent starting pitchers for three spots. I mean, they're you know embarrassingly deep in, in terms of pitching. That's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. It is
0: an embarrassment of riches uh, for this for this team. Uh, it feels like Jim, you know, Stony Brook, Sacred Heart. You know, this might be TFCO for these for these guys. I mean, someone's gonna yeah. win a game. Uh, yeah, exactly. I feel like that's Stony Brook.
1: Yeah, probably. I mean, they've got. I mean, they do have some. Decent, uh, you know, they they can hit a little bit. They got what, uh, what six three hundred hitters here, so I mean, that's you know, it's okay. But I mean, I mean, what's their, you know, how many good arms are they are they facing in the, in the American East? So it's
0: right. Cole Paragin yeah. still still uh, yeah, still there. Four uh, year player was on the twenty twelve team as a freshman shortstop. Still there. So I know that I know that like Zamora and Honahan in their weekend rotation, but. I don't feel like either of those guys are difference makers. I mean, are
1: they going to shut down what's been a hot offense in, in NC State? So, it, These teams, I mean, it's,
0: those teams have regional history yeah, now. Yeah, well, exactly. That was uh,
1: 2010. 2010. Yeah, one of the, one uh, one of the lower moments in uh, recent Wolfpack history there. yeah, they're not going to take so yeah, lightly. They got yeah, they'll remember. Served. it. Okay. Yeah, that was and that was the game where they got they tried to get, you know, they outsmarted themselves basically with their pitching with trying to save guys and started to. Uh, Anthony Zampsis was way down the depth chart and just got hammered. not, he didn't get hammered. He just couldn't throw a strike. So. And that's it. But, I don't uh, think be able So, to yeah, so that would be like, running. yeah, no, he won't. You So, but, I mean, if they save, if they can save Brian Brown, their freshman uh, lefty, who's been really good. I mean, if you can beat, if you can use someone else to beat, because <laughs> we were saying where they shouldn't save guys, but. Right, right. If they exactly can, it. you know, if, if a Kurt Britt or, um. Really, or, uh, Johnny or P Johnny Piedmont. Here. I mean, with all their other starters, it's basically give them. You're just trying to get four, or maybe five innings. I think yes. they, that's what they're aiming for, really. The X factor to so. me for
0: NC State is Ryan Williamson. Mm-hmm. Seven very strong innings for them against Virginia. Yeah. In the ACC tournament, that's a guy to my mind. When Wilder's given you one inning or less than yeah. two the last two weekends, you're going to go Ryan. You got to start Ryan Williamson. But uh, I do think NC State's dangerous. I think mean, this was a, a bad matchup for yeah. them to go to TCU. I think it's,
1: it's too too big an ask.
0: I, I think we're all picking TCU, correct? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Maybe you can't see me on the podcast, but I'm doing that stupid Horn Frog thing they do. <laughs> and I will say this: the downside of picking TCU to win the whole thing is the Woo Birds. Yeah. I mean that is that's a problem. Be, yeah. That's a that's a real problem. The Woo Birds <laughs> need to go home. And fly hunt, fly north for the for the summer.
2: I don't I don't know if they're as bad as the the Vanderbilt Whistler, though. The Vandy Whistler
0: that should be like instead of fan base of the week, we should do like non fan. <laughs> we should do like a playoff of the most annoying fans. I think a lot of people are going to put uh, North Carolina's super fan in there. He's loud and proud, he, but he, he doesn't is. he doesn't woo bird or or whistle.
2: The the whistling He's very loud. The thing about the Whistler, and we can touch on this more when we get to the Vanderbilt region. But well, that's, that's next, isn't it? That's no, it's one after next, He doesn't change a great his, segue. He doesn't change his tune. He, it's the same tune, non stop. He doesn't. It's like. <laughs> and just non stop. Are you serious? Something like that. I don't know. I haven't
0: been to a Vanderbilt game in, person I, in a long time. I don't, I don't
2: remember exactly what the tune is, but he doesn't change it. <laughs> and he does it on repeat. And it carries. It carries, and it, it, it's piercing, and I have nightmares about it. <laughs> I've ni- it, Honestly, I should have recorded it, and I could use it as my alarm ringtone in the morning, and exactly. I would just jump out of bed.
0: That's it. So we're picking TCU there. Let's move on to another national seed, number six seed, Illinois. Best season in Illinois history. We will have Vince Larson, and Soma at that regional Jimmer, you're going to Fort Worth mm-hmm. slash uh, Dallas. And if Hudson Bolinski had his way, slash Collins Station, <laughs> slash Stillwater. So. I'm not up
1: for 15 hours in cars here, like these, uh, no, like these guys here. I
0: love so. Hudson's. Uh, I love his want tool, but uh, I'm not sure about that common sense. I don't know tool th- I'm not sure
1: he realizes how far things apart are in Texas. Texas nothing is, is. Not nothing is close to anything in Texas. That's been my experience. You can tell
0: that guy's a northeast guy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) right. Yeah, Everything's like an hour away. Everything's...
2: I mean, everything is bigger there. So, Um, no question.
0: Illinois, Notre Dame, Wright State, Ohio. Ohio, a little Maction coming to Illinois. Uh, Any any surprises here? They kept this very geographic, Mm -hmm. by keeping it very geographic, by Notre Dame being a two, Mm -hmm. which I felt was somewhat generous, especially compared to, say, Cal Mm-hmm. Um, it really did seem like the committee thought Man, if you swept Florida State You just jacked up It got
2: Clemson in and it got Notre Dame uh, a two seed And it did, didn't really knock FSU down
0: no, um, they, they didn't Yeah, think Notre Dame's going to be really good next year When you look mm-hmm. at their pitching staff It's a lot of freshmen and sophomores Look at their lineup, it's a lot of sophomores And juniors who aren't going to get drafted I think Notre Dame's going to be a preseason top 25 team next year They might be a preseason top 10 team next year Lidge will be back. Fiala will be back. Biggio will be back. I think Lane Richards is going to be back. And uh, the pitching staff is a lot of freshmen and sophomores like Ryan Smoyer, Gunther, the freshman uh, out of the bullpen, Peter Solomon. Uh, this, I like Notre Dame's team mm-hmm. for next year. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a good experience for them. I don't see anybody derailing the Illini train.
2: No. No, I don't I don't either. I, I think the Illini just – I mean, obviously they, they lost – you know, they won twenty-seven and one, so yeah. it's, it's really hard I to beat that. Twenty-eight and two now. Twenty-eight two 20, yeah. now. 20 they've and lost two of their last three guys. that's yeah. it. That's,
0: it. So yeah. that's that's the that's the price. They're
2: problem. ice cold. Yeah, so I, you know, It's
0: cooler than being
2: cool. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, Thank all right, right, all right, all right. Now, ladies, you look at Illinois, look at the <laughs> Illinois, and it's just. I mean, on, really on both sides of the ball. I mean, they have a, a great rotation with Kevin Duchesne anchoring it. Jason Johnson's been great this year for them. You have Tyler J. We've talked a lot about Tyler J. and he's the X factor for them. And, you know, he could he could pitch multiple innings at a time and great stuff and, you know, a potential, you know, top five, first overall pick potentially. Yep. And, you know, you look at their lineup, and it says a lot about their lineup that you have David Keery a, a a guy with 14 home runs, the guy leading the team in average, you know, batting seventh in that lineup. You know, right. it's a very, it's a deep group, and it's a lineup that doesn't often get enough credit. Uh, you know, I know when I saw them at Ohio State, they were, they were exceptional, and I, I know Jimmer saw them at the, at their worst. They were not exceptional. Wow. I mean, they were good, but they didn't, I mean, they did not hit very much, and they, I mean,
1: it's just, they weren't especially sharp. I mean, who knows? Maybe they weren't. You know, you don't know how, how invested they were in the Big Ten tournament. Um, I mean, they had the streak, but they didn't. I was mean, just kind of listening to them, the way they talked about the streak, I mean, they weren't all that uh, jazzed about it, really. Like, maybe it had just gotten old, I don't know, but cause they'd already set every record they could set with it, so... I mean, they, you know, they lost, you know, they lose the game to Maryland, and they're just kind of, you know, we'll, we'll just come back tomorrow, and then they, you know, when they, it just wasn't, it didn't seem like it was that big a deal to them, so... But, and, they, and they, the two games they lost, they both, I mean, they made a fair amount of mistakes. It was not the particularly clean, and they didn't really hit the ball much all weekend uh, I mean, David. I mean, Kyrian, I think he only had two hits all weekend, but he probably hit the ball harder than his uh, his numbers show. But I mean, yeah. I mean, they are really they are very deep. They're very very deep on the mound. The Lineup is seven strong. You can get a little bit of a break at the end, but they're they're a tough team. They're I'm sure they're you know they what they? are uh, 22 and two at home. Wow. So that bodes pretty well. That does bode well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they've only lost seven games all year, but yeah, 22 and two at home. And like so these, I mean Notre Dame, a young team that's never been there. I mean, well Illinois, I mean they were there, they were in regionals two years ago, but Notre Dame's never been there before. At least the players haven't. But uh, yeah, and I mean Wright State's a team that's I don't think they've been in regionals recently. I know they're they're usually one of the top teams in their in their league, but in Ohio, you know you know kind of a you know a MAC team that wasn't one of the one of the one of the better teams in the MAC. I don't think. I only got on a run at the end, but yeah, I mean Eli and I, I think they'll. Yeah, you know, they they should I I don't see them losing a game here. Even if I mean Notre Dame if they get if they're feeling it, if they get hot, you know, you could see maybe I'm giving them a run, but I I think this is the the line eyes to lose here.
0: This was a this is a streaky kind of year. Uh we had a lot of wins. We had two twenty plus win streaks this year with Texas A M and Illinois. The longest win streaks in college baseball history are thirty four games, Texas and Florida Atlantic. Texas did it in nineteen seventy seven I don't believe they won the national championship that year, and neither did Florida Atlantic the year they won, 34 in a row in 1999. I mean, Illinois didn't set a record, but I, I almost wonder if Illinois, uh, the fact that they weren't sharp at the Big Ten tournament, they had something to play for. It was not locked up they were a national seed. They shouldn't have played poorly in the mm-hmm. Big Ten tournament, frankly. That's a troubling sign mm-hmm. for, to me for a team like that that's a, that veteran of a team. I still like them to win this regional, I think Wright State's a little bit dangerous. I always like uh, Coach Greg Lovelady. Uh, was a great player at the U. Another 1999 U- University of Miami guy. They've got a talented player in Ryan Fucci, who's got 13 home runs, uh, 6-6 runner. Guy has some tools. Uh, certainly strikes out a lot, 67 strikeouts. But second on the team in stolen bases, first the team in home runs, uh, first of the team in R- second in team in RBIs. Uh, this is an interesting team that's well coached. They're not going to roll over for anybody. And Trapino gives them a, a, a money kind of reliever. Elliot Andrew, they've got a couple of relievers that they like out of their bullpen. I, I think Wright State's interesting. Uh, they've mm-hmm. al- they're have they always interesting. It's always a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wouldn't shock me if Wright State uh, pulled an upset of here tier or two. But it feels like this is a one seed, a three seed, and a couple of fours, or maybe two three seeds. Mm-hmm. Wright State does play a I think our, yeah, schedule.
1: Yeah, I mean, Wright State, yeah, that's kind of what you're saying. I mean, they're RPI, I think was in the three-seed range, so that's kind of, I mean, it feels like a four. I mean, it's a team in the, um, I forget what what conference they're from no, Yeah, but I thought yeah. they said
0: they're 16th in the country in scoring margin. Hmm. Miami first, and they are, well, they North are. Florida, which is second, not even in the tournament. Yeah. So stay hot <laughs> for me. I feel like, like we didn't even talk about North Florida as a team that didn't get in. Yeah. Yeah. Just that right there, scoring margin, I, I hope that was brought up. I didn't know until just now. Thank you, Warren Knoll, but I hope somebody brought that up. For North Florida, because if you know anything about modern baseball metrics, that's a good metric. When you when your run differential is that hot, that's impressive. That's hashtag impressive. Yeah. So I would have liked for I, I hope somebody brought that up. It's doubtful that anybody did, considering I didn't know that until just now. And I do feel like I follow this fairly closely. But you look at the run differential winners, uh, leaders in the country, Miami, North Florida, but then LSU-Illinois. Oklahoma State, Oral Roberts. These are teams with gaudy records. These are almost all one seeds. Uh, Missouri State yep. is next. Hey, there's Nevada too. N- mm-hmm. Nevada, sorry, Nevada. I gotta say it more nasally. Yeah. UCLA and Texas A&M. That's your top ten.
2: Definitely helps for Nevada when they're putting up 20 runs a game.
0: That's it. But I mean, <laughs> run, run differential matters. Yeah. It, it tells you something about it. So I'm. I, I hope I hope someone brought that up for North Florida. They're two. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. Um. I'm picking Illinois. I think we're all picking Illinois yeah. mm-hmm. at this table. Not sure about your table, but we're all picking Illinois. Segway from last time to Vanderbilt. What was your Vanderbilt? Oh, the whistle, guys. We're, we're anti-whistling, but we are pro-Vanderbilt. and This yeah. is, a, again, a talented, fun team to watch. Uh, Radford, they're two. Indiana, they're three. Radford has a 15-game winning streak, second longest in the tournament after Missouri State. Guys, I mean, you know, but can anybody be thrown the defending champs at home? It feels like, uh, how do you beat Vanderbilt, uh, Mike? It feels like lots of, lot of times when Vanderbilt loses, and they, they, they beat themselves. Errors or the bullpen implodes.
2: Yeah, I I would say that, or or just getting to you know Walker Buehler, Carson Fulmer, which is tough to do. But that's really you look at their their SEC tournament losses, and that's right. you know it, it's because Carson Fulmer wasn't at his best. You know he gave up three home runs. You know I watching them, they were maybe the most impressive team that that I saw just in terms of just the eye test and, and just watching them. I mean, every pitcher that they bring out there on the mound, he's throwing low to mid-90s with with the breaking ball, you know, up and down that lineup. It's, it's young in, in, in spots, but the young hitters that they have have acclimated well, guys like Will Toffey, Penn Murphy, those right. kinds of guys, they've acclimated well. Dansby Swanson. Anyone who follows me on Twitter saw all my Dansby Swanson man-crushing all week. I mean, he was just fantastic. You know, hitting four home runs in the tournament, doing everything right, making relay throws, making leaping catches, everything. And he's really the heart and soul of that team. He's their leader, like Alex Bregman is for LSU. You know, that's that's an easy comparison to make. But they're they're a dangerous club, and I you know I I don't see them. I don't see any team knocking them off in, in this regional. I, I think they have. Plenty of pitching depth, plenty of guys that they could turn to. You know, they they have you know, they have Phil Pfeiffer, John Kilichowski, Jordan Sheffield, three guys right there that could start right. you know, pretty much anybody. Pretty much anybody that they could that throw three, four, into the rotation. Five, basically. That's 5 yeah. four,
0: five, six really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Pfeiffer I guess is in the top three for them.
2: Yeah, Fife, yeah, Pfeiffer's moved into the, ro- the rotation of, of late, but Sheffield could be that guy too, and, and they really they all have great stuff. And so they're just a very, 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 very deep team, even with the guys that they lost from last year. They're but still so remarkably deep.
0: And that's also without Hayden Stone, who right. was crucial for them in Omaha last year as kind of a go-to fireman really out of their bullpen. Right. I, I do wonder, I mean, Pfeiffer leads their team in saves, you know, and obviously he's in the rotation now. Right. I wonder if you know? Any, did they use things differently at all? Um, they do things differently at all in the uh, SEC tournament, as far as how they handled their pitchers.
2: Yeah, I mean, they really didn't have a situation where they needed to to get a save. They didn't really have a, a closed close game a close game there, uh, you know. So they, it was really just kind of mixing and matching, and I think just trying different things pitching wise for them. I mean, they had. Really, two games they had Jordan Sheffield and Kilichowski, in, in two games they each throw five innings to, to close out the games. Kilichowski threw five perfect innings, Right. and Sheffield was, I think, just gave up one hit in his five innings, so they really relied on kind of those longer relief. Kind of guys, and that's right. what what they've done for most of the year too. They'll usually just give it to one or two guys and let them carry them to the end. They did that a lot with Pfeiffer. That's why he has as so many saves as he has. Cause they'll bring him in, in the seventh inning and let it let it ride the rest right. of the way. So it's it, I think all those pitchers are really interchangeable for them, which it was which kind of the scary thing with them is that they have so many guys in that mold that they can they could fill in.
0: That's it. I mean, I think they wish that one of those guys or two of those guys would step forward more consistently, mm-hmm. but it feels like it hasn't quite happened. I'll tell you what, the biggest surprise for me with Vanderbilt is that Brian Reynolds, this is a guy who was a pure hitter last year. I know that as a team, it's a very aggressive approach, but so I don't, I don't begrudge them all the strikeouts. Oh, that's a lot of strikeouts. But Brian Reynolds, I thought this was one of the most pure hitters in the country last year in Omaha. 60 strikeouts for Brian Reynolds and a sub-300 Bryant batting average? Does that surprise you at all, Jim? Does anything about Stanford, about Stanford, the new Stanford, does <laughs> anything about Vanderbilt surprise you uh, with this the way this team performed this year?
1: Uh, not especially. I, mean, they, I think they've pretty much been who we who we thought they would be. I mean, their offense. I actually I kind of feel like they've been top to bottom. I actually feel like they've been a little better offensively than maybe uh, maybe you thought they would. I thought they would be anyway. I mean, you you obviously Dansby is. They're you know, kind of the star there, everyone knows. But I mean, I miss mean, Will Toffee's been a guy
2: who's really stepped up as a freshman. And they are the guy the about, country They runs, mm-hmm. so
0: they they, they do
2: score. <laughs> exactly. I mean, just watching them this weekend. I mean, I don't, they don't really have. Like the first five hitters in the lineup, five six hitters, they don't really have an easy out there. There's no what up there. Even starting with Roel Coleman, I mean, I don't know how you throw strikes to to Roll Coleman. That strike zone is, is, a, is an small. Actual Eddie
0: Goodell, who can actually play. <laughs> so they, yeah. they led the SEC and run scored uh, outside of LSU, of course. I mean, LSU, eleven more runs than them. That's you know the, those two teams, offensively, were the best teams in the Southeastern Conference. In Florida, kind of nipping at their heels, but yeah. I'm just I'm surprised at how many how often Vanderbilt strikes out. Uh,
1: yeah,
0: I, I, it hasn't been a an Achilles heel for them yet. Is there a pitching staff here that can take advantage of that? Can Lipscomb in Indiana? I mean, Indiana's got a lot of? of
1: arms. I mean, Indiana is first. Of all, I, think, I think it is kind of. I mean, if if that, if a vandy Indiana matchup kind of materializes, I think that would be kind of fun. Just I mean, that was a supposed to be a super regional last year until uh, yeah. Stanford went and, and spoiled it, hitting the. uh. I think it was the Tommy Edmonds, the walk-off home run to knock out the, uh, the Kyle Schwarber and company there in, uh, in in Bloomington. But, I mean, Indiana's very, that's Edmund a very... screaming Cal Quantrill. <laughs> exactly. Whose, whose karma
0: came back on him. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't say it like that, but, I mean, obviously, uh, that was uh, an injury-plagued sophomore season for yeah. Cal Quantrill, but last we saw him in the regional, he was being used on one day's rest, I believe it was. I think so, rest, yeah. And shut down I think it was two days, yeah. It, whatever it was, it was... It was less but, than um, opt- it was suboptimal, and then he got hurt this year. Big, no big shot.
1: But yeah, I mean, India. I mean, they've still got some holdovers from that team. Uh, Scott Donnelly, Brad Hartong, who's you know transitioned to catcher this year. He's had a very good year. Uh, Casey Rodriguez at the top of the lineup.
0: Yeah, and I like I mean, the freshman Logan Sowers. Sowers he's Physically. been very
1: good. He was very yeah. uh, he kind of from he kind of struggled in 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 um in uh, in Minneapolis. But uh, I mean, they've got guys that have been there. They're – you know, obviously we think very highly of, of Chris Lemonis and that staff. I mean, it's and they've got a they've got a pretty deep stable of arms. So I mean, if they can, I mean, they
0: really don't have t- like there's not. Has it been three no, they, guys who've been no. their guys all year? Like Jake Kelzer was the guy we thought would take yeah. the next step. He's kind of lost his job in the rotation. Has he? Yeah,
1: he, he has. I mean, they, they've kind of mixed and matched a little bit, but they've got. I mean, that's they've got options. That's kind of how they can do it. And they've they've gotten hot. They've kind of figured things out down the stretch and. I think they won the last three, four series, something like that. They went and they swept Maryland. That was a big turning point for them. They uh, swept Long Beach State in non-conference series. You're
0: gonna pick Indiana, aren't you?
1: No, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, I'd kind of, I mean, I'd kind of like to, but I think they can be.
0: I'm with you. That the, yeah, they're they're lurking. They're
1: interesting. Yeah,
0: they're lurking, and just like you said, that could have been super regional last mm. year. I, I feel like Vanderbilt is extremely dangerous to all involved, to the other teams and to themselves. It feels like when they lose, mm. they self-destruct a little bit on the mound with their bullpen. and I mean, Indiana out. can
1: punish you if you if you're if it's not if it's not your day, you're gonna get beat. They're sure. uh, they're gonna. I mean, and Radford's a good. I mean, they're a good mid-major. They've got some balance, but uh, I mean, they're obviously they're a team that's never been here before, so. Playing missing. on the road against the defending national champs, so you know,
2: see how they respond. They're missing their best offensive player too, and Josh Gardner who fractured his kneecap.
0: Don't.
2: So I mean, they've still won without him, but you know, you wonder how long they can keep going without their best guy. I mean, I know that's part of their motivation is trying to win because he'd probably be available to come back should they make a super regional, you know, around that time frame. So interesting,
0: interesting. But um, yeah, that, that's all. That's very interesting. Let's go to the fourth. So we're all picking Vanderbilt, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, I'm going Vandy.
0: We're all picking Vanderbilt. <laughs> Let's go out to Fullerton because this is a fascinating regional as well. Cal State, Fullerton, the one. Arizona State, the two. Clemson, the three. Pepperdine, the four. I, I guess Pepperdine wasn't, or, or St. David State, not good enough to be a three because they wound up, which I, St. David State as is a, is a four surprised me a little bit, Jim. Mm, that was, yeah. Thought they should have been a three, then you could have had the all West teams at. Uh, like Gallsonor, mm-hmm. instead Pepperdine gets sent to the OC. Arizona State probably felt like three weeks ago they were going to host a regional, yeah. and we thought they were too at Phoenix Muni.
1: Yeah, for a long time, I had them in there. The
0: Titans were not in any of your field of you no. four hosting projections until the, the last. They one, were.
1: Right? I mean, they were out entirely at one time after they uh, they lost that series to Maryland. I mean, they didn't. They didn't look good there. They were not. They were kind of floundering a bit. I mean, they, there was. A, I think there was a one week where I had them dropped out, and then obviously they've. They sure have. They sure have pieced it together. They figured something out.
0: I'll tell you what. Number one, Thomas Eshelman is a beast. Yeah,
1: and they've. I mean, they've done it without with losing Justin Garza too. That, That's the other thing.
0: That is the other thing. That's the impressive thing is that Fulton has just gotten better down the stretch. But it really feels like Jim. What you saw at Maryland, which is a team that had no offensive execution, no consistency, no consistent way to get runs. No. It's clicked. Things have clicked for this mm-hmm. team. Uh, Rick Vanderhook is a very good offensive coach. for He's got that reputation for a reason. And they figured it out, guys. And But how do they match up with Arizona State? Arizona State's got three confident starters in Martinez, Lillick, and Kellogg. They've got a money closer in Ryan Burr. Mm-hmm. And Arizona State is used to playing that West Coast style and defending it in Tracy Smith's first season uh, down in Tempe. I don't like Clemson's chances to win this regional. I will say Clemson's Pretty physical.
1: I mean, also, I mean, if Matthew Cranover could beat Arizona State, I mean, he's, he beats just about everybody. That's yeah. right. Well, he, I, I did he not? I can't remember what he did in the ACC tournament. He in the ACC to tournament yeah. in so, a 3-1 game where okay. rumor, rumor
0: Bogowski shoved.
1: Okay, so um, yeah.
0: And he gave up one big hit, a two-run triple, I believe it was, DJ Stewart.
1: So that's, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if, they, if Clemson wins that game with him on the mound, but, yeah, I mean, they're not, I don't see
2: them going out there and winning the whole thing. And, I mean, depending on how Zach Erwin pitches behind him, too, you know, he's had he's had his moments this year Zachary as well good. yeah he has he has good stuff so you know if they can possibly make some noise I don't think they'll win but I think they can make some noise
0: we had a um, question as to whether or not Clemson saved Jack Leggett's job by getting this regional berth uh, I had a couple questions from fans I, I have no inside information there it's not something I uh, am, am great at doing is uh, digging on, on college coaching changes I used to be more plugged into that than I am. Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with the draft, so <laughs> I'm not as on to that as I used to be. Uh, really doesn't feel like Jack Leggett should lose his job in a year where they go to regionals, but 32 and 27, and it felt like it was kind of a gift for them to get mm-hmm. in. Yeah. And again, I felt like it's not bad they're in. It's not It's not a calamity or a tragic bronze. Certainly you can
1: make a case for them. I mean, it's. Like, like, they beat Florida State, as we've mentioned. They go 16 and 14 in in the ACC a very good leagues yeah. or a good league so i mean you can argue there is a case to be made for them but it's just with the rpi in the 50s i mean that's pretty rare for a for a team like them to get in i
2: just think there are three teams that you can make better cases for in nevada in uh, good
0: pronunciation thank you michigan, michigan,
2: state. michigan state and then in north florida as well i think you can make good cases for each of those three teams over clemson and i think honestly over oregon as well but. Those are
0: good points. Uh, let's let's move on to what has been the key, Jim, Mike. What's what's unlocked the offense for uh, Cal State Fullerton? Was it uh, Jared Bravo and Josh Vargas moving up in that lineup and getting more involved in the lineup? Was, did they just take more doses? They've got 84 doses this year, 84 hit-by-pitches. Are you kidding me? There are four guys on this team with uh, double-digit HB, HBPs?
2: It's, it's all about sticking those elbows out. That's that's really been wing. the key. Yeah, that's that's really been the key. Feels
0: like Skyler first <laughs> got a little hotter lately. We had a terrible start to the year anyway. Mm, yeah. Um, what, in your minds, what what what's key this offense, or is it just a matter of a little bit more buy-in to the Rick Vanderhook way of doing things?
1: Yeah, I mean, everything is probably it's a matter of execution. I mean, they didn't they couldn't get anything done when I was seeing them. I and mean, you look at some of these guys. I mean. Well, we've got Ome- Davey Omedo-Barrero up there with eight home runs. They've got a little bit of thump. You've got one guy anyway with some thump. Just that changes things. Yeah, it does. That's kind of not what you how you you picture Fullerton scoring. But So they've got one guy in there that can do that. And, then yeah, I mean, they just, they've got, they're just, they're, they kind of manu they've they figured out a way to, to play their style. And that's, it's, they've, you know, they've been able to make it work down the stretch here. And, and you know, then it's, it's just all about the what they can do on the mound. I mean, that's, that's kind of a, Eschelman's the, the separator.
0: They start tremendously with Eschelman and I have to imagine they're going to save him for, they're not going to throw him up against Pepperdine. They close great with Pitesmeyer. He's one of the nation's better closers. I mean, he doesn't blow you away, but he's been very effective all year. And it just feels like this is a team that, if they figure it out in between, they can win this regional. But I, I'm actually picking Arizona State, guys. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm picking the, the Sun Devils. I know they've struggled for the last month, month and a half. I don't feel like this is, there's not an exceptional team in this regional.
1: No,
2: that's fair. It's
0: a pretty flat regional.
2: I agree with you, and honestly, I'm a little surprised you're not going with Fullerton, given our given our college preview cover and uh, you all know, the Fullerton love of late. But... That's right.
0: You know I have <laughs> a, 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 a deep reservoir of good feelings for the program and for Thomas Eshelman. Yeah. I, don't see, I don't see the depth of pitching there.
2: I, I agree and, with you. And,
0: and if they don't. I, I just you know, Pepperdine went to regionals, they went to super regional last year. Now Aaron Brown is not walking through that door. He was the best player in any super regional last year, basically. That guy was a beast for Pepperdine last year. Yeah. And Pepperdine had to kind of scrap claw its way. Um I do like Fullerton's offense. When you look at the big uh big West numbers, I do like how they rallied offensively, but just something about uh Arizona State's pitching and the way things are set up. Tracy Smith's gone to Omaha before. He's taken the team to Omaha. Rick Vanderhoek hasn't. Yeah.
2: Fordham hasn't been
0: since 2009. I'm going to give a slight edge to the Sun Devils. There, I guess I'm just in a Pac-12 state of mind.
1: No, I'm going to Arizona State too.
0: Wow. All right, Jim?
1: Mm, I'll take the upset then and go with Florida.
0: <laughs> exactly. Last you know, I'll take the
1: the hotter team. Basically, they
0: are a hot team. They are a hot team, and uh, they deserve. Uh, they, they deserve. Uh, I'm happy that they, they hosted. I'm happy that they. Turned things around, I think, Arizona State. A little bit more talented team that figured things out a little bit at the end. Last but not least, the Louisville Regional. Man, the, I'm telling you, the the Cardinals slumped at the end of the year. They were not. It's not a good look when your number one starter is getting housed every week. They're you know, in a Kyle funk. Funkhauser, they are in a funk. And Kyle Funkhauser, first of all, his stuff waned and his draft stock fell. Then he got hammered by Clemson and didn't even make it past the fifth inning. But Louisville hangs on. They're still a number one seed, and they're the number three national seed. This is an overseed, if you ask me. I know they went twenty-five and five in the ACC. They did not deserve to be the number three national seed. I don't feel like um, if they weren't the top eight national seed, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have shocked me. I feel they deserved it. Twenty-five mm-hmm. and five is twenty-five and five. But the ACC was a mediocre league that should have gotten six bids max. It got seven. I didn't. I feel like they're overseeded at three. It doesn't really mm-hmm. matter. But um, but they're the one. Then they got a gift two-seed in Bradley. Um, we'll let Jim range in a minute. Michigan is a dangerous three, an, a three RPI, but kind of like Texas, basically. Mm-hmm. A talented team that was a preseason projected field of 64 team that had to rally after early injuries when their conference tournament got in. And then Moorhead State, which leads the country in batting by a wide margin. With a pretty good coach there. Coach McGuire was for a long-time assistant at Winthrop, then the head coach of Lewisburg Junior College, now Moorhead State. Um, still this, this regional feels like it's, it's Louisville's regional. Um, there, uh, you know, I, I don't feel like Louisville's, I feel like Brendan McKay and their bullpen should be enough for Louisville to win this regional, guys.
1: The funny thing is, can you trust Kyle Funkhauser to beat Moorhead
2: State? <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I, you know, that's a great question. Right now, is I don't know. You... i
2: one thing I'll say is, uh. Talking to to Rich Hill earlier, in the year, head coach at San Diego, he, he was really he wrote high. That. Yeah,
0: they lost at home to Moorhead State,
2: didn't they? They did. The Moorhead State won three out of four, and I, he and he that's said, a
0: good "Call, that's a great call."
2: <laughs> and he said, "Hey, you know, Moorhead State can hit," and he was right. They can hit. You know, uh, people should have taken them more seriously back then. But they can hit. So and by y-
0: people, you mean us? Yes, <laughs> by us. <laughs>
2: And uh, <laughs> so you know that you know they're going to be a threat in, in this regional. I I mean, look, I still think Louisville is, is the clear favorite here. And even even if Funkhouser isn't throwing well, the way Brandon McKay has thrown this year, Josh Rogers has thrown well this year. Yeah. They still have depth on the mound. They still have some depth in the bullpen. Generally, I know the bullpen was a little shaky near the end of the ACC tournament. I
0: think you're going to see Josh but, Rogers actually in the opener mm-hmm. yeah. against Moorhead State because he didn't pitch in the ACC tournament. They were right. saving him for the championship game. Oh. So you're going to see Josh Rogers in the opener, yeah, and then funkhauser McKay could go Saturday, and then the other could go Sunday. Yeah. So that's actually that would even if they save Funkhauser for Sunday, that would give them a little extra rest, to, maybe an extra bullpen even to work out any issues that have him in the proverbial funk.
2: Right, and and I think you know from talking to talking to Kyle. When, when they were here playing NC State. I mean, I know he was, he was dealing with a little fatigue. He was pulling back in the weight room a little bit because they threw him on short rest back-to-back weeks. So you wonder if it's just he's running out of gas at this point, and if, if they are able to save him for a little bit, maybe that little extra rest does help him. I think he's
0: definitely running out of gas because as J.J. Yeah. Cooper's detailed, and we'll have this article out this week, he's averaging more than 110 pitches per start. Yeah. Per start. More. So um Yeah. But you really when you look at Moorhead State's numbers, this is a these are you know, beezer bat numbers they're putting up. Beezer bat three thirty five batting as a team, um, and they do it they don't strike out. Three hundred sixty one strikeouts, two hundred and fifty four walks, that's a great ratio as a team. Uh it'll be interesting to see what how they fare in this regional. Um Jim, take take it take the floor. All right. We know you love Michigan. You saw them live. You saw them at their mm-hmm. best in the in the Big Ten tournament. It feels like they had that. The Travis Bezos banged up early. Mm-hmm. They've really gotten hot late as a team. Mm-hmm. Jacob Cronenworth as a go to money closer reliever, um, and Bradley Spencer Gay, uh, Elliot Ashbeck. I know they have some star power there, but you're not a believer in in the Bradley Braves. Give us the thirty-second to a minute synopsis of why you don't believe in Bradley and why you do believe in Michigan.
1: All right, Bradley, they are they're a good. I can all right, I can live with them being in the field because they are they have the RPI that they have. They, they have game 20, the system very well. They did. They gamed it, and Dave Peakey, the kind of, in the call yesterday, he kind of I won't say bristled, but he kind of wasn't happy when someone one of the other reporters mentioned like you know well, what do you think about teams gaming the RPI he didn't really uh, he didn't he didn't take too kindly to that uh, assertion but anyway that's what Bradley did and um I mean they went ten and eleven in the Missouri Valley and the thing that gets me it's not that they're in you know, find the RPI is what it is so fine put them in but they're a two seed I mean come on that's
0: an outrage when was, were a two seed
1: you're yeah. saying that they have been one of the 32 best teams in the country. No, and one of the 32 best teams in the country would not go 10 and 11 in the Valley. I'm sorry, it's not.
0: No matter how good the Valley is. Yeah,
1: no matter how good the, the Valley is. I mean, it's a three bid league. It's not the SEC. It's good, but it's not. You know, it's not a power. It's a mid major league, and they're they're a good mid major team. They've got you know older guys. They've got some guys that can hit. You know, like Spencer God. Not you know Isaac Smith had a good year, but. They're not a two seed. That's kind of a joke. It, it is. Um, it is. I think
0: it is a joke. Um, um, Vince this is not here can to just, stand up for the valley. He's our mid major guy. Um, our bubble
1: so, guy so like uh, they can be. You know, they're in fine. They can be. That's. I, I mean, it's How not. It's not a it's, not a. it's not a. It's not a. There have been worse selections over the years. It's not a travesty that they're in because they did win games. Is they won a lot of games away from home. That's is it fantastic to,
0: to you that they get to play your favorite team now, Michigan? <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, it really would have been better if they played Maryland. Oh, yeah, the exactly.
1: Family, <laughs> oh, man. I don't, would, I don't know what I would have done if, I, if they got one of those teams. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so Michigan, yeah, go ahead. yeah, I mean, we had Michigan as a field of 64 team in the preseason. We thought they'd be good. I'll say they struggled early. They've been banged up a little bit. they kind of found some answers on the mound I mean Brett Adcock was money in the Big Ten tournament they brought him back on three days rest in the uh, championship game so and maybe they, I don't know if they're gonna throw him in that opener they may not be able to because he just uh he just came back team. on short rest but anyway I mean they he's he was outstanding in both starts even on three days rest um they've got I uh, was Cronenworth in the bullpen was outstanding and he's he does it all for those guys I was really impressed with him uh, Jackson Glines you know, extremely athletic center fielder Jake Bivens didn't have a great tournament in uh, in Minneapolis, but he's had a great year. Corey Bruder's a really athletic guy. Uh, Carmen Benedetti, the big first baseman's, a, you know, he's, he's a good hitter. Starting to be um, a
0: factor on the mound too. Exactly. Yeah, they. From earlier
1: in the year. Yeah, I think it was really. He was not. He wasn't that good uh, this past week, but I mean, he's, for the number, I mean, for the year, his numbers were outstanding. So I mean, he's a guy that I mean, they were still bringing him in in high leverage spots. So he's still a guy they trust. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, but most of all, I mean, that team. They're feeling it. They're like Indiana. They are very confident. They were very loose, even though they were under this all-or-nothing pressure of what they had to. I kind of wrote a couple times when I was during the last week. They were, I mean, they were extremely loose. They were very, they very much believed in themselves. They were knew they were good, but they weren't cocky about it. I mean, that was a very impressive week, and they and they beat all as they They beat all good teams. I mean, they beat Indiana, who was red hot. They beat. Um, it was, they beat Iowa, who is obviously the two seed itself. And then they beat uh, they beat Illinois, who was fresh off its streak, and then they beat the Terps in the uh, finals. So I mean that's it was a very impressive week, and they are they've been very hot. Other than I mean they did lose their last regular season series to Oklahoma State, but Oklahoma State's really good. So I'm. Um,
0: You're bullish on the Wolverines. I am bullish. Bulver- I
1: don't. I mean, I mean if you throw if. Adcock versus McKay, if that is the, ma- the matchup on Saturday, that would be a very fascinating game.
0: I'm just going to throw this out there, that B.A. intern Brent Trevalis, who is a Bradley uh, Braves student, says, tweeted on May 25th, this is awesome, what a great group, so proud of these guys. Michigan better be ready because the <laughs> Braves are coming. So, gauntlet throw down Mike Dropped by Brent Drevolus, <laughs> Yeah, you think as a fellow Greek American, I know how to pronounce his last name, but I don't. Uh, Mike, who are you picking to win this regional? I'm picking Louisville.
2: I'm going Bradley. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Louisville.
0: That was well done. Well done. Uh, Jim, are you I picking d- Michigan? Do it.
1: Oh. Do it. Sure. Why not? Maybe 2007 revisited here with, the, it with them. It would
0: be. It would be. Uh, Michigan went on the road in 07 and beat mm-hmm. Vanderbilt. Uh, beating T- David Price out of the bullpen in the regional final. Mm-hmm. Allen Oaks, name that is has never spoken in Nashville, um, with the game-winning home run. So we've got UCLA. Uh, we had a smorgasbord of everybody who picked Lake Elsinore. So, really, the ones we really disagree on, and I brought the wrong sheet, because I don't remember exactly what we picked in the first bracket. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> but I feel like we only picked that one upset, really, and I, like, I picked Oregon State, I think, to win DBU, but didn't you guys both pick the DBU? He picked
2: Oregon State. I picked, oh, I picked DBU. But oh, the O.J. Sure. Ball
0: was... Um, you picked DBU, Mike. All right. I brought the wrong sheet. But the rest of those in the left bracket, we picked Chalk,
2: except yeah.
0: for the Lake Elsinore Regional and the... Dallas regional on the right side a little bit more disagreement who's your uh, bracket winners uh, on each side guys Who, who's going to advance to the finals we'll go we'll do super regional picks I guess we have to do super regional picks now let's face it <laughs> yeah I'm picking UCLA to get all the way through I guess whomever from Lake Elsinore Mike on that side of the bracket, yeah
2: <laughs> yep definitely yep.
1: Jimmer yeah I mean got the Bruins winning it all so yeah
0: okay Oklahoma State Regional, the Stillwater Regional versus Missouri State. I think we all picked OK State, and I think we all picked Missouri State. Unless mm-hmm. I'm mistaken there. So if we're picking Oklahoma State versus Missouri State, who are you picking uh, to win that super?
2: Missouri State. I'll agree.
0: I think I'm going to go Missouri State, too. Uh, we're going to go chalk there, it looks like. Miami versus the Dallas Baptist slash OK Oregon State winner. I think out of those, I I frankly think I like Miami, and I'm surprised. But Miami versus either of those, that's a contrast in styles. And I'll tell you, Mm -hmm. Dallas Baptist would be a fascinating contrast for Miami. I would also love to see Andrew Moore against Miami. Yeah, that That would would be 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 fascinating uh, too. That would be really interesting to watch. I'm still picking the Canes. I think they're the best bet. They're the the best hope for the ACC to end its 60-year Omaha drought, 1955 uh, Lake Forest. Jimmer, who do you like there That's that super regional?
1: Yeah, I'll do,
2: I'll do the Canes.
0: Michael and Anna.
2: The Canes are the safest pick. I'm tempted to go DBU, but I think Canes are safer.
0: I'm penciling you in for DBU just because. Go for it. Uh, Florida State, I think we all picked the Seminoles in that one. I think we all picked the Gators in the other one. Yeah. I think that's going to be a great super regional. That would be a lot Florida, of fun. Florida versus Florida State will be a great super regional, but I think it's a great, the worst hashtag would win regular. out. It's great. that hashtag? Ugh.
2: No thanks, I, so. Yeah, I I would go Gators. I think Gators are the the best team. there. So I think
0: we're going chalk on this left side.
2: Jim, are we going chalk over here? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll do the Well,
0: you could do the Seminoles. They are Seminoles are very yeah, good too. Yeah. they are.
1: <sighs> sure, I'll do them. The Seminoles,
0: <laughs> do it. I mean, they did. I'm not
1: sure if the fact that they beat Florida in the regular season helps them or hurts them, (laughs) to be honest. That's the
0: thing. It was all midweek. The weekend series would be pretty impressive. This other side of the bracket, we all picked LSU and Houston. Rematch of last year's regional, I'm not picking against the the LSU this year.
2: Me neither. Me neither.
0: All right. Uh, Mike and I picked A&M. Jim, you picked Coastal. Winner of that versus TCU. I'm on record with TCU. Who you guys having and getting through to Omaha from this side?
1: Yeah, this does not. that well and feels like a, a vulnerable matchup for Coastal, TCU does not. I, I think that's a TCU all the way. Going with
2: the Schloss.
0: I think we are all going with the Schloss. <laughs> Illinois Vandy. and that will be a fascinating super regional. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it would.
0: Got to be honest with you. I feel like that's set up for Illinois. They're swinging this bunch on the mound. Kevin Duchesne, I don't think that guy's going to be scared as anybody. And Tyler J. Every day, Tyler J. might see action in two or three games in that regional. With the physicality and uh, old team, frankly, that Illinois has, I like their chances in that super regional. I don't know that I love Vanderbilt away from home on a non-turf field. Is Illinois turf or not? Is that grass good field. Question. You were there. No, you were not <laughs> I was not there. Ohio Illinois. State's turf. <laughs> I'm, I'm picking. I'm picking uh, Vander, uh, Illinois to upset Vanderbilt. It wouldn't be. It would be an upset name wise. Yeah. Would not be an upset seed wise. But I'm picking yeah. Illinois to win that
2: one, guys. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think this definitely would be one of the more enticing matchups on on, on this bracket. I I honestly I would go with Vanderbilt, having having seen them this week. I just think I'm not sure has has Illinois faced a lineup as as tough as Vanderbilt's this year. The pitching staff. I mean, I'm not I'm not entirely no, sure. They, they do. I mean, they did Oklahoma play. State. They played Oklahoma State. Yeah. that's probably, I mean, not the same. And it is yeah. a
0: field turf park in Illinois.
2: By yeah. the way. Yeah. I don't know. I just I, I I I think Illinois has had a fantastic year, and I would not be surprised if they did beat Vanderbilt. But if I had to pick a team, I'd pick Vandy. I just I really like. On both sides of the ball, just just watching them rake this this weekend, and, and the vet, the veterans on the team, the guys that have been there before, the guys like Dansby, the guys like Xander, Wheel, guys like that. I just I I, I go with them.
1: I'm going back and forth. I can see. I mean, I think it would be a fascinating to see Fulmer against those that lineup to see Duchesne against Vandy's lineup. I think I'm going to take the Illini. I think even if even if they lose, even if they were to lose to Fulmer. I could see them fighting back. You know, they could they, they, they would extend Tyler J if they have to. I think and, it's the Big
0: Ten's world, guys. Yeah. We're just living in it? That's how. I, that, in a year this strong, I just got. I mean, to this, go the Big this feels Tens like a.
1: a this feels kind of like a you know fifty two forty eight kind of you know pick <laughs> which way I'm leaning. But I'll do. I'll I'll go with Illinois.
0: Finally, uh, I picked and Mike picked the Sun Devils and Jimmy picked Fullerton. And then, Jim, you put... So Jim I've got a Fullerton, Fullerton Michigan, Michigan here. Michigan super, <laughs> which would be at Fullerton, which would be awesome. So, oh, Jim, man. the Fullerton, Michigan theoretical uh, super regional winner would be... Wow.
1: i gotta think, I got to digest that one for a sec. Um,
0: Mike, you and I have Arizona State versus Louisville. i got Louisville. I'm taking Louisville there despite yeah. the uh, you know iffiness of Kyle Funko. i got to tell you... That'd be a little bit of a scary matchup because you know that Tracy Smith and Illinois, I mean, Indiana played Louisville midweek constantly. Those coaching staffs know each other, and obviously Chris Limonis from Louisville. Now, replace places, but then Indiana, I'd be kind of an incestuous, uh, yeah. super regional there. Yeah. I'm taking Louisville to get to Omaha, but I don't feel good about
2: them. I, I mean, I don't feel super good about Arizona State either, though. Yes. And their mm-hmm. rotation has been inconsistent up that's, and down all year. So, I, I'm more comfortable with Louisville than I am with Arizona State. The way this
1: thing is setting up, I mean, it feels, I'll tell you what, it feels strange to pick two Big Ten teams. Yeah. But, <laughs> Michigan is, they're so athletic, I can see them, Holding their own against what Fullerton wants to do, you know, offensively. And I mean, even if they if they lose to Eshelman, they could come back. Oh man, do it! It is. It's. It's really. It, I. I mean, I want to pick Michigan. I mean, it just feels. The only thing that's stopping me is like really two Big Ten teams in, the, in Omaha, but
0: that would make it on the Jim Ledger. That would make a Florida, Sully, Vanderbilt with. A- uh, Corbin. Corbin, and then Eric Backich, who's oh, yeah. like the younger like member a, of that coaching tree, like all a, in Omaha.
1: It's so like Eric a, a he coaching did, grandson. Exactly,
0: he, that's right. He's the coaching he's grandson. He's a, he is of two families. He's mm. of the Keith Lecler- Well, he's the Jack mm. Leggett family because mm-hmm. Keith Leclerc played for Jack Leggett at Western Carolina, then coached Eric Backich at East Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I will repeat this again: the East Carolina coaching tree from the 2001 team. Brian Ward, assistant coach, out at Loyola Marymount. Nick Schnabel, assistant at Michigan, to Eric Bakich. Uh, Joe Hastings, assistant coach at Coastal Carolina. College baseball is lousy with these guys from that era of uh, East Carolina baseball. Clayton McCullough, not pictured in this regional because he's the field coordinator for the Los Angeles Dodgers. But that ECU team was a special group. And Eric Bakich uh, for these two great coaching trees, the LeClair coaching tree and the Leggett coaching tree. So, uh, Jack Leggett may not make it to Omaha, but a lot of his progeny will. Mm-hmm. So we're picking UCLA, Missouri State, Miami, a little DBU, forty-eight percent for Mike, about, and then Florida for me and Mike. Jim with Florida State, LSU, TCU, and then it just all goes to hell in the bottom right. We're, we're all in disagreement. Who's your national championship pick, Mike? In the finals, who would you pick? One from each bracket. You haven't been writing this down. You don't even remember who you picked on the right bracket, do you? Mm. <laughs> Isn't it Is this a, UCLA, Missouri State, Miami, Florida, LSU, TCU, Illinois, and Louisville? So you got to pick one from the left, one from the right. What's your finals matchup? I'll, I'll give you a minute to think yeah, about it. I, I, I'm going to go UCLA, TCU over here. Not, not UCLA. I'm sorry, Florida. I'm riding the hotter hand. Mm. Florida, TCU, and I'm picking TCU in the final over Florida. So that's about my picks. I'm writing it down in uh, pen. Uh, TCU over Florida and Omaha. Uh, Mike, you're next. Then Jim, Jim, uh, you can't do Big Ten versus Big Ten, here,
2: I'm sorry. I'm gonna uh, go, and, and you can't you can't put the Terps in the final. I know, I want to. <laughs> Too late. Let's uh, give them a bye to the final. <laughs> I'm gonna go UCLA versus TCU in the final. I'm a, I'm in agreement with you on TCU.
0: Revenge of Dodger Town? Is that what you're
2: saying here? Yeah, and I think UCLA wins. All right, UCLA
0: over TCU for Mike Jimmer.
2: All right, well.
1: I was going to go with the the exact same uh, you one can. there. Well, you're, you're so you, well, I'll stick with UCLA winning. Um, so I've got Illinois and Michigan and LSU as the other teams there, as I recall. Um,
2: Correct. I could see LSU getting there, too. I, I yeah. would not be surprised. They were my national title pick in the college preview issue. All
1: right, just for... I do think, um, I mean, if UCLA played TCU, there might be three runs scored in the entire series. <laughs> <laughs> three, three 1 nothing games, but um but I'll so I'll take UCLA and LSU. I'll take the over LSU, I should say. So, uh, so. no one is
0: picking LSU. That's surprising. I don't know yeah. what happened. But uh, I am just picking TCU cuz their pitching yeah. depth and stylo play.
2: I, w- I wouldn't I I wouldn't be surprised if LSU won. You know, you you just you look at their pitching staff and you look at the youth on the staff and it's just, you know, that uh, UCLA and TCU I feel like are safer bets.
0: That, that's exactly and I
2: realize I'm going, right. going way
1: out on a limb to pick the the number one team to beat the number two team but oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. that's
0: okay But we're all picking national seeds and yeah it, it does and it feels like it shouldn't be that way because there's so much parity but by the end of the mm-hmm. year it does feel like things shake out a little bit more yeah and I, I do feel like I was top and maybe we're underestimating Missouri State we'll get a better report on them uh, in in regional play but I feel like we you know again really good team at the top. Uh, steady player in Tate Matheny. I feel like they're, like they're 48 and 13 or whatever they are. 48 and 10. For, and 45 10. and 10. 45 yeah. and 10. We haven't even mentioned them. Top eight National League, but we haven't gone to Omaha. It just feels like. I mean, I almost have a hunch like I'm light on Missouri State, but uh, I do feel better about. If I'm ranking those teams, I'm thinking Florida, UCLA, TCU, LSU. Because those teams have separated themselves a little bit from the pack. and uh, But. It, Should be an exciting postseason, guys. Fun podcast. Taking two and a half hours of your time, so I will stop doing that. We hope you guys enjoy this at home. For Michael and Anna and Jim Schoen, I'm John Manuel. We'll see you on the next Baseball America podcast. So long, everybody